Welcome back to the Art of Benching, session six. We're very excited. Adamus is in the house, ready for us, and I hope that you are too. So, as always, let's start with that good, deep breath, that conscious breath of life, breathing deeply into the heart of you. Take that good, deep breath. Let those energies flow with feeling and allowing. Take the good deep breath and just let all the distractions just go away and be here with each breath, that breath of life. Stay with the good deep breath. Be with that good deep breath as we move on with, a, with the wonderful, as always, Adamas. Breathe. I am that I am, proudly Adamus of Sovereign Domain. I'm taking a moment here to really breathe in, feel your energies first of all, feel all of you tuning in now or sometime in the future. Ah, taking a moment here to breathe in the, the beauty of this island uh, and, and my coffee, of course, mm, always at the ready. But, um, Dear Linda, I'm noticing there aren't any cakes for me today. Um, am I on a diet? Did you um, want a certain type? I, it doesn't matter, but Did, I'm just so used to having see, I'm it. I'm thinking, is there a chocolate muffin in your Chocolate, radar? it doesn't matter, but just something to go with uh, the fine coffee. Please allow yeah, me. Thank you, dear Linda. Hmm. Well, they forget sometimes. They forget that an Ascended Master is coming in to visit and forget little things like his cake, but that's all right. Uh, because um, heaven or hell, no matter where I go, all is well. <laughs> so we have a lot to cover today, but uh, let's, let's all breathe in the energies of what we have to do today. Remember there's things happening on many, many different levels, many different levels. You are by level, or I guess you would say. I don't often... Um, bring in guests. Uh, I don't often uh, introduce the, the ones that are kind of accompanying me there in the, the peanut gallery and the other realms, uh, but today is kind of special. Today we have all of those who have ever called themselves Chambra, who have crossed over to the other side of the river, so to speak. Uh, we have all of them accompanying us, uh, sitting here in the, in the, in the galleries. They're fascinated by what's going on in the world, and some of them are feeling a bit regretful that they're not here. Um, Sartre, in particular, uh, is kind of leading that pack, saying, oh, yeah, I just suddenly I wake up and I'm dead, uh, which is kind of an interesting use of words. But uh, they're all here. I've invited them all in on this day to enjoy your energies, to support you in what you're doing and staying on the planet. and. Um, you can also see they're holding up little signs, uh, little little placards that they made. Uh, stay uh, is a popular one. Uh, this side is nice, but uh, there's more to do on Earth right now. Uh, dead is dread. Uh, a few signs in the audience like that. So uh, they're encouraging you to stay here at this monumental time on the planet. And, and they're also they they would um, according to Sartre they would like to give you a grand grand uh, round of applause right now. So feel into that, take it in, the applause, while 
I take a moment here during the applause to have a little bit of the cake brought by dear Linda. Mm. Mm. Human food. Thank you so much, Linda. <clears throat> Human food. Good. We have great food at the Ascended Masters Club, but it's all vegan. So, uh, <laughs> not really, but. I was going to say, you can't even have milk then. Um, well, but I was just joking about that. that. Yeah, it's uh, we have a lot of angel food cake though. Oh, yum! What fits, you know, with the yeah, mood yeah, there? It. Yes, but do feel that applause from from all the chambra who've left, and, and also feel into how they're feeling. Um, if wanting to, really wanting to, continue to be here vicariously through you, to feel into what you're feeling, to going through what you're going through. And there's one, there's one sign in particular that really drew my attention uh, from this audience, and we have um, we have about 310 uh, here in the audience. Uh, used, they were Shambra when they were on Earth, but the one sign that really caught my attention it says, "Dive deep, dive deep." And what that sign means is that. It's time for you to really dive deeply into your realization, into staying here on the planet, into going through what you're going through. Tough at times. Uh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. But dive deep into it. Uh, sometimes there is a tendency to just want to get out of it, to say, I'm gonna, you're going to isolate yourself uh, from the world, or sometimes where you're not really, really sure whether you want to stay or leave. That was um, a phenomena that we had, uh, particularly oh, five, ten years ago. Do I really want to stay here on the planet right now? And what happens with that is you're not really quite sure. So you're really not here, and you're not there. You're kind of in between. You're you've kind of shut things off, uh, and it's kind of a, a no man's land. And what this one sign from this one chamber is saying is dive deep, dive deep into the experience of what is going on on the planet right now, into your own realization or about-to-be realization. Dive deep into benching. Uh, it has a profound impact on the planet. Dive deep into your life, not the lives of others so much, but your life. It is an amazing thing. and. As I've said for a long, long time, you only go through this uh, experience of coming into realization one time. That's it. You only experience it once. So do it with, with all the gusto. Do it with depth and do it with clarity. Dive deep into yourself, all that you're going through right now. This isn't the time to, to want to uh, sit on the fence. Uh, there, there can't be any fence sitting. I'd be happy to throw you off that fence in case you do. Dive deep into every experience that you're having right now. And Calder is double checking me here, but yes, dive deep into the headlines that are affecting the planet. It doesn't mean becoming a news junkie. It means don't try to avoid it. Don't don't try to push it away. It, it's ugly at times, but dive deep into it because there's so much more going on than than what is on the surface. There are so many elements on the planet right now that 
are, are changing the nature of the planet, and it is very intense at times. Uh, very intense because, as I've said so often, you're becoming more sensitive. You're feeling more and more of these things that are happening on the planet. But instead of running from it, instead of putting on a protective suit of armor, dive deep into it. Dive deep into every part of yourself. Uh, you know, it's we dive deep. Yes, uh, Calder is having a little argument with me here. Um, he says, "You mean dive deep into the pain?" Absolutely. And I know it's one of the biggest challenges uh, for Shamba right now is the aches and pains. Uh, instead of running from them, instead of over medicating them, instead of uh, just um, uh, cursing the day because it's painful, you dive deep into it, and. When you do, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like a, a nautilus or a spiral, and you know it's the the circular spiraling. And as you get into the tighter and tighter pattern of it, you get to the core of it. You you, you go through it, you go right through it. I've I've diagrammed this before, or had Linda draw it on the board. You go into it. When you try to stay on the other side of it, and you try to run from it, or hide from it, or pretend that it's not there, you're losing out on the experience. But you're also losing out on what I would call the resolution or the transformation of energies that are happening. You're staying on just this side of it, and your body continues to be in pain, and your mind continues to get crapped up, and you get anxiety, and all these other things. But dive deep into it. Go right into the core of it. Yes, including pain, including if you have some sort of uh, physical ailment or you're mentally feeling way off, dive deep into it. Because you're going to discover that from the perspective you were looking at it from, from the identity perspective that you were looking at it from, it's not what it really is. When you dive deep into it, you realize that there is tremendous wisdom. When you dive deep into it, you realize there actually really wasn't pain. I mean, I know you feel it now, but when you dive deep into it, it, it just tells you, you realize there were just signals going out to you to change a few things in your life. Uh, the pain in your body, the, even the pain in your mind, are really just alerts or signals. That's all they are, even disease. You dive deep into these things. And then you get the fullness of the experience, you get all the wisdom, and you get the resolution. So imagine here you are in your life, and I know so many Shambra, you try to avoid things, you try to run from things, you, you try to pretend that they're not there, you try to ward them off with crystals. Yeah, some of you still do that, believe it or not. Uh, white light and all the rest of that. No, dive deep into it. It's all your energy. and. It appears that it's posing as something else, and it's posing as something that might not be comfortable or pleasant. But when you go deep into it, you realize what it really is. So I love that sign from one of the departed Chambram. Dive deep into it. That's what you're here for. And again, you're never going to go through this again. Uh, the, the planet is never, ever going to go through what it's going through right now ever again. These are all one-time deals. You don't want to miss out on it, and that's why I invited all these Shambra in today to, to be part of this and to cheer you on for what you're doing. And 
to, to tell you, dive deep, to tell you, go for it right now. I think you've discovered that, well, there's really no other way. You, you, if you try to run from it, you try to avoid these things, you try to pretend that they're not yours, it just persists. Huh? It just it's it gets sticky and it just it's the same then day after day after day. When you try to pretend that it's not there. When you dive deep, oh yeah, it's gonna be um it's gonna be a little chaotic and not very pleasant initially, but when you dive deep into it, uh, then you get the fullness and the richness of the experience along with all the answers. All the answers, and then you realize that the energy has always, always been serving you. Let's take a good deep breath with that diving deep. And I know some of you are cussing me, or a few of you even giving me that um, finger gesture. But <laughs> let's take a deep breath and dive deep into life. A life. Oh, it, it, it. Life is interesting, and has its good days and its bad days. But then you rise above that. You rise above good days and bad days, and suddenly it's just life in its richest, fullest form. There's no good or bad. There's no light or dark. There's no nice you and bad you and the rest of that. It, that all disappears. It goes away. And then you realize you're truly a master, staying here on the planet right now, doing what you came here to do, being in your passion. And while you may think, well, sitting on a park bench and just shining my light isn't very passionate, it absolutely is. When you begin to see the effect that it has, the effect that it has on everything. Perhaps the most significant thing, and I never used to talk about it up front, uh, the most significant thing in shining your light is you shine it upon yourself. You shine it upon you. I didn't want to start with that. I didn't want to lead with that when we talked about benching and light shining and radiating and everything else, because I didn't want that to be the motivation. And also, there's something interesting in the makeup of so many Chambra. It's easier if you think you're kind of doing it for somebody else or something else than for yourself. So we started by saying, shine your light to to this planet, radiate it without agenda, without agenda. But what you're probably discovering is that you shine it under yourself first. You shine it under yourself first. And that dynamic uh, again changes everything. You know, when somebody has a, a near death experience, uh, you know what a near death experience is. Have you had any? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what was it? What was it like? Who'd you see? I was totally unconscious. You're totally unconscious. Okay. Uh, some people have a near-death experience where you know, they're in a traumatic accident or uh, something like that, and oftentimes the the first thing they see is a, a big light, big big light, and, and then they see uh, if they're uh, from a Christian background. Not not that it has to be practicing Christianity, but a Christian background. Who do they see? Jesus. 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 Because Jesus is an icon, a symbol. They're actually really not seeing Jesus. Right. Uh, it, it's simply 
kind of what they expect to see. It's like uh, it's like in a dream. So often the mind comes up with interpretations or symbols because that's what it does. It tries to put in that that association factor. So people see Jesus even even if they even if they don't go to church, but it's their background and it's the mind popping Jesus in there. Uh, so uh, what what does uh, what does a Buddhist see when when they have a near death experience? Buddha, Buddha. Uh, they, they'll see Buddha just like uh, somebody from a Christian or Western background will see Jesus. So, what does um, what does a, a Muslim see? <laughs> Everybody's waiting. In t- all, all of my friends that I brought today are just waiting in, in anticipation. What is Linda going to say? Muhammad. No, because you're not supposed to have an image of Muhammad. Well, of course I would screw that up. <laughs> but some of them do. Some of them see Muhammad. The others are like, I can't see. I can't. I'm supposed to have a vision. Oh, shut up. A few of you complaining about that. You've got to be able to joke in life, you know? I think Kuthumi said it at a uh, recent gathering. Two things, two things to remember always. You forget everything else. Keep things simple and have humor. You've got to be able to laugh. And... You know, Earth is the best place of all to laugh. I believe it. Yeah. No, it really is, because uh, laughter and humor is based on conflict. And the question becomes, can you laugh at the conflict, or is it going to tear you apart? So you might as well make jokes, whether it's, it's about other people, other things. Uh, some, of the, some of the best jokes are, are, uh, have to do with where people are from, you know, uh, ethnic groups, sure. and and never should they get nasty. But you should be able to laugh about yourself. I mean, that's the greatest thing. And um, I can laugh about all of you, so you should be able to laugh at yourself on a good day. On a good day, good. So, what does an atheist see when they have a near death death experience? Nothing. Nothing. Right. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, no, they really don't. They might see a great big white light, but you know, Jesus doesn't walk out because then it doesn't believe in him, and God certainly isn't there. And um, so, the reason why I mention near-death experiences uh, right now is because when you have a near-death experience and you go into that light, everything oh. seems to be in oneness. Everything seems to be together. You go into that light. That's you. Even if you're seeing Jesus or, or Buddha or the not supposed to be seeing the face of Muhammad, that's you that you're seeing. Your mind is interpreting it like it would interpret a dream, but it's your own light that you're seeing. It's the very same thing when we're radiating to the world, and goodness knows the world certainly could use it right now, but you're radiating your light, and the very first thing uh, that, that comes to it is you. You're shining it upon yourself. You're saying, you're finally ready to get over duality. And you finally have the wisdom that, that you didn't have before. You finally have knowingness. And you're basically reflecting that to yourself. You're shining that to yourself. You're saying that you've come a long way. You're no longer a seeker. You're no longer wandering endlessly looking for answers because they're all right here. You're shining your light under yourself. 
And in doing so, it changes the energy dynamics of, of everything. You're shining your light onto you and then receiving that light back from yourself. And then you stop worrying about the little things. You stop worrying about, uh, let's say, abundance. Oh, that was such a big thing with Shambhur, and still, still is a, a thing, but not nearly as big. Uh, the abundance issue. It's all right there, and you start to realize it's in your light. And you don't, you don't do the benching. You don't shine the light to try to get abundance, because that's an agenda. That's an agenda. But it's a natural byproduct of it, you see. If you sit on the bench trying to get abundance, it's not going to work. As a matter of fact, it will push it further away because you're trying rather than just allowing and accepting. When you are openly shining your light, it's your wisdom, it's your consciousness, it is your beingness, it's your identity. When you're openly shining that, it's felt by every cell in your body as well. Uh, you can't sit and do your park benching saying, oh, I hope this pain goes away and I'm going to shine light all over it. Well, you shine light onto pain and it's going to become more painful, <laughs> you see. It's very, very literal. But you're shining light, your light, and it casts itself upon you first. And the natural byproduct of that is it then brings in your light body. It then, It then moves the energy out of the pain and uh, disease pattern that it might have been into, and now brings in the light body, which then communes with your physical body, and the pain just goes away. But, but again, you can't – your agenda – you should not have an agenda of benching just to resolve your pain. Or – I've seen it. I, I've, I've seen it. Uh, I'm going to document some of these things to create a bloopers reel, Chambra bloopers reel. I've seen people recently, and you know who you are. I, I won't point to you. But you know who you are. You're benching so you have a partner. You're benching so you have a, a, a new relationship in your life. And no, I'm serious, Linda. I am really serious. And no, it wasn't you. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but. There's there's still kind of a misunderstanding about benching. It, it like it's like uh, you're, you're trying to you're trying to do something proactively. It's not what benching is about. Um, and I've seen people bench for uh, you know hoping uh, they'll get a, jo- a certain job that they're they're applying for. You don't do it like that. You you are simply radiating your light. Thank you, Bell. Bell had to weigh in on all this. She's agreeing, by the way. Absolutely. Yeah. So you simply radiate your light, and that's it. And the first thing that it goes to is yourself. Parts of yourself you don't even know yet. You're radiating it, saying, All is well. Uh, what was the line walking through heaven or hell? Uh, all is well. And that's what you're saying. And then, then miraculously, but not really, the energies, your energies, change to serve you. It's really quite simple. Mm. When you bench, it's all without agenda. It's all without trying to force an outcome. It's not about uh, it's not about annihilating the dark or evil or uh, healing yourself. It's none of the above. This is where the true wisdom comes in, and, and you have the wisdom now. 
The true wisdom comes in when you just radiate your light. It's that simple. You're not trying to get a partner. You're not trying to. You're not trying to get over a disease or an illness. And and it yes, it's it's difficult at first because you're sitting there and suddenly you say, oh, "I've got to shine my light upon this problem in my life," and or upon uh, trying to change the outcome of a global situation. You don't. It's so simple, but yet again, the human identity jumps in and wants to wants to begin playing with it, messing it up. It's not a power tool. Uh, shining your light is not a power tool. Just feel into it for a moment. It is just shining your light, your essence, your consciousness, your wisdom. That's it. No agenda whatsoever. And when you do, it goes to you first, and then it goes out to the world. The results are profound, but you don't do it for the results, and that's the paradox in the situation because so many will try to do it for results. Even even benching, shining to the world right now, trying to get results, and we'll talk about it in a moment. But with the global situation, we've seen far too many shambhras still sitting down to bench with agenda, with saying the agenda could be as simple as uh, I hope the war ends right away. Or I hope this side wins. I, I actually seen a few people actually benching for the outcome of a soccer, or a football game. <laughs> no, it's truly it's it's taken out of context. It's seriously, mis- seri- serious. Oh, I'm going to create a a whole list of funnies that uh, put that on the list of the ten thousand things we have to do okay. coming up. But the bloopers reel, the uh, funny Venture things. Bloops. Pardon. Venture bloops. Venture. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not just benching. Shambra in general, um, you know, we'll come up with an. I'll have uh, have Kathumi join me okay, on that okay. one. Um, yeah, bloopers, but funny things Shambra do when they think nobody's watching. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but yes, shining light to uh, out to a football game. No, 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 you don't, you don't, you don't do that. Now, on the other hand. It's perfectly fine as a human, you know, to say you're going to root for a certain team, uh, and uh, and to get into the duality momentarily, and the yelling and the screaming and throwing your television across the room or things like that. Um, so, are you saying that Calder's never shined his light on the Packers? I'm not speaking for Calder right now. He's speaking for me. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Oh, you really want to go there? You really want me to expose him in front of? Tens of thousands no, no, of shambhras around that, the sorry. world, because then he's going to want to expose some of your. Oh, please, no, 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 no let's stop. Let's that. stop. So, uh, where was I? Shining your light. Uh, no, I literally uh, in in creating this uh, shambhra bloopers, uh, I, I've seen shambhra use their radiate their light onto the golf course. <laughs> so when they get there, they play a better game. It's that's not. What it's about? It's kind of funny, isn't it? Yeah, it's I mean, very entertaining. Well, we could either laugh about it or we could cry Fine. about it. Let's, yeah, let's laugh. Let's laugh about it. Okay. So, um, so uh, <clears throat> with that, Gene uh, is going to strangle me. But uh, so we're going to ask you to submit your your bloopers <laughs> to <laughs> to Shumber uh, Bloopers at CrimsonCircle dot com. Uh, wait a day or two because that. Email address has not been created yet, but Shambra Bloopers at CrimsonCircle.com. This will outsell any of the other books that I've done up to now. Okay. Including my favorite act of consciousness. Yeah. So uh, things you've done along the way that you knew were a little 
<clears throat> off target. Okay, now, you know what's happening right now? Everybody all across the planet, all of Chambra, are thinking, oh, yeah, what a, oh, this is what I did. Everybody's deep into thought right now, and, and the ones on the other side are laughing, uh, my, my peanut gallery today, laughing and laughing because they know what they did. Yeah. So let's get back to the point. Uh, shining your light, it goes to you first, but you don't do it for that. Uh, we're doing it right now just to shine the light on all of creation, and that's you as well. All of creation. And, and as you know, it's a great time for it. It's why you came here to this planet. It's why we're sitting here talking like this. We've gone beyond the, the long, arduous road to realization. Oh, and now we're into what we came here to do. So let's take a good deep breath with that. You've arrived. We're here. And, and if you think you haven't arrived, you missed the train, stop that. Oh, <laughs> shut up, whatever. Just be here. Just get over it. Stop lamenting. Stop worrying. Did I do it right? Am I here? You're here, okay? Let's take a moment uh, just that you are here. Take a good deep breath. There's nothing to there's nothing to work on anymore. If I'm not mistaken, I think in our last session I said no more processing, uh, counseling, <laughs> healing, whatever um, methods. You're here. You are here. They are there. They left early, uh, and, and there are some regrets. But you are here. Let's take a deep breath with that. <laughs> It doesn't matter if you skipped a few steps uh, along the way, because uh, you really didn't. It doesn't matter if you still think you have some more you're supposed to learn, because you don't. You don't. You are here at this tremendous time on the planet. You are here as a human and a master. And then, then we can just move on with it. You are here. Take a deep breath, feel into it, and if it's appropriate, say it to yourself, I am here. And you're here with tens of thousands of other Chambra to enjoy the rest of your life and to radiate your consciousness. Now, as you do this, well, we gotta we gotta bring everybody kinda up to speed. There's some stragglers, you know, in this whole coming to realization thing. Mm -hmm. They just didn't think they were ready or uh they, they got they got real mental about it, you know, thinking about it too much. Uh, some real stragglers and I just wanna bring everybody into the same kind of uh consciousness level right now. So all you have to do is say, I am here. That's it. And then you are. I mean and then don't think about it. Don't think, well, can I really say that? Or should I have done that? Or maybe I should do it different? Or maybe he's not talking to me. Stop that. I am here. That's it. I am here. Whew. Then the energies change, and your energies change, and then you move on and we'll do what we really came here to do. And let's have fun doing it. And let's do it with humor. And let's do it with abundance. These are all your rights. Okay. Next. Actually, a cup of coffee. Mm. I noticed you didn't get anything. Uh, Linda, did you want coffee or? If I need anything, I'll just sneak, sneak a sip out. off okay. of yours. Yeah. Let's continue. One of the main did, things. Wait, did you need some more chocolate? 
No, I'm fine for now. Okay. Just needed that taste. Uh, one of the main things right now that is going to be happening with you, with other Chambra, uh, some of you have felt it already, and you're maybe a bit unnerved by it, but uh, it's it's happening, and it's uh, it continued to happen for a little bit. You're basically developing a new identity, a whole new identity, and I. I Question whether either to call it an identity, but there's not another really appropriate word that that fits. You've had the identity for a long time now, as a human, of course, and your identity could be masculine, feminine. Uh, you could identify with being younger or older. Pretty typical things. Uh, you know, you would identify with being wealthy or somewhere in the middle or broke. So you've identified with, with all these different things, uh, and it's a human identity, and you, you dress your identity in a certain way, uh, because you've gotten used to that, and you have a certain look about you, uh, your clothes. Uh, you know, if you go through your wardrobe, everything is kind of the same. No, it really is. I mean, yeah, it's, like, it's not like you have a business suit on one side and a clown suit on the other. It's kind of all pretty much the same because you dress your identity. Your identity is contained in your voice. So much of your identity really is in your voice, and you've, you've designed your voice and, uh, to suit your identity. And it's not that it's a good voice or a bad voice, but your voice has been tailored, fashioned for your identity. It's, it's, a, it's actually an important part most people never consider their voice and how it's part of their identity. And of course, uh, you could say from a more scientific standpoint, every voice pattern is unique. You know, it's like snowflakes. Although one time I did find two snowflakes that were exactly the same, so blows that theory out. But every voice is, is unique and different, and it's part of your identity. Listen to yourself sometime. Not whether you're talking loud or soft, but there are patterns in your voice, and it's all woven into your identity. Your identity has to do with uh, the foods you eat. You, you fashion your foods for your identity. You associate with people based on your identity. You do certain things, watch certain programs, read certain books, all fashioning your identity. Sometimes not even because you necessarily like those things, but you think you have to do it to support that identity. You sleep in a certain way, and it supports your identity. The sleep patterns, the way you sleep, how deeply you sleep, and what you dream are all identity-reinforcing things that you do. The way you look, uh, the way you groom yourself uh, is supporting that identity. So what I'm saying here is you've done a lot, all humans do a lot, to, to build their identity. And then they become very comfortable with it, maybe not liking certain parts, but uh, this is their identity. And then they stay in that. They stay in that. It's very um, linear, very kind of one level. There's not a lot of depth to the human identity. And that identity is so fashioned, also based on your family biology uh, and the, your ancestral background. 
that that identity will carry over into another lifetime. You may look a little different, uh, and you may even live in a different place, but probably not. But that becomes your identity, the human identity, and it's it, people don't really stop to consider it. Uh, they just they take it for granted. This is who I am. This is what defines me. Uh, their education, their their job, it's all part of an identity. And the identity is is a, a comfortable coffin in a way. It, it a comfortable coffin. Well. Because it's comfortable, you know. Coffins are pretty comfortable. Uh, I'd rather be a cookie jar. Well, but I, I like cof- uh, coffins because they're lined sometimes with silk, sometimes with cheap polyester. Uh, they're they're kind of comfortable, and and they kind of hold your body in there. But yet, it's a coffin because sooner or later it'll put you underground. Um, and and that's what an identity does. It it, it then restricts you. Uh, but yet, if somebody was to come and start taking parts of your identity away from you, oh, you, you get furious. You 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 get angry about it uh, because this is who you identify yourself as. So humans do this. It's a, it's a great human game of creating, building, and then holding on as tight as you can to your identity, even if you don't like things about yourself. Because that is who you are. You start taking parts of some identity, uh, some parts away from somebody from their identity. They become very off balance. Uh, it could cause vertigo. It could cause uh, insanity at a certain point. It can cause a huge degree of instability at a certain point. So people really hold on to that identity. Now, uh, for Shampa right now. That identity is transforming, and it's going away. And and again, there's I don't really there's not a good English word for uh, something other than identity that kind of means it, but is not it. So you're developing a whole new identity, but this identity is is fluid. It's flexible. This identity. Uh, can change from moment to moment, but the biggest thing about it, it's multi-layer, multi-level. It's the and that we've talked about. It's you being a human and a master. And I want to be very clear in saying it's not being a human master, like one word, human master. Uh, that was the old concept that we're going to transform this human and make it a superhuman body and a superhuman personality and superhuman intelligence and just a superhuman, superman, superwoman. It's not what's happening. The human stays pretty much as a human. It transforms along the way in response to the many other things that are changing about your identity. The body starts to transform and, and basically to regenerate or heal itself. Uh, the mind becomes more clear because you dump a lot of the garbage that was in your mind. Uh, about who you thought you were and or had to be, uh, but what's really happening is uh, the the other layers and levels are now coming into being as you shine your light. As you shine your light without agenda, what happens is that light goes to all the other potentials for your 
for your transhuman, for your super, not superhuman, for your beyond human identity. These things were always there. These parts of you were, were always present. But they were in the dark, so to speak. They were, they were hidden. They, they were not illuminated upon because you were so busy building your identity in the first place. You are so busy defending and protecting that identity. But now, as you, as the human and the Master, pause for a moment and just shine your light, it goes to you first and it opens up all these other layers and levels of your new identity. And, and there are so many, I couldn't even begin to, uh, to describe them, but it's the, it's the all of you. It's the I am, not, not just the human. It's the, it's the I am that I am, all that I am. And yes, it's the Master, but I, but I do have to pause on that for a moment, because there has been misunderstanding about even the term Master with some of you. You've thought of yourself as like that one word, human master, uh, superhuman. They're, they're, they're of the same origins, but they're different. We're not trying to make the human a master. No, we're not. No, we're not. And some of you are fighting me on this. No, we're not. You can't, for one thing. Uh, physics, logic, and everything else says that you can't. We're allowing the human to be human, and the design of the human, the purpose of the human, is to be in experience. And that's why I open by saying, dive deep. Your job as the human is to be in that experience. And, and it's not the human that is desiring enlightenment or realization, not at all. The human, as the human, then desires to be super. You want to be better than others. You want to be uh, you want to be immortal in a lot of ways, but allow the human to be the human, and then as the human shines the light. In other words, shining light means you've come to the point as the human where you realize that there's so much more. You come to the point realizing that you now have wisdom uh, that you do have. You come to the point of realizing that. The, the journey, the quest for the Holy Grail is over now. You are, you are here. You are in realization. And now, the, as the human just shines its light, it's basically saying, uh, I give up on trying to maintain my old identity. I give up on power building. I give up on trying to be a superhuman being. I simply allow myself. And you shine that light, and it shines it on to the true Master. Is not the human, the true master. It is you, but not just your human identity goes so far beyond. It'd be a terrible thing, I I believe. It'd be a terrible thing if all of this was just of the of the in the human stew uh, of the human uh, making. In other words, uh, everything was focused on the human. We were trying to make the human masterly, trying to get the human to realization, trying to get the human to its light body. It's not. Uh, you see, the human, as it is now, would try to take over all these things, dominate it, control it, and, and eventually 
take it into duality and probably destroy half or more of it. So we're not doing this. We're not doing this to aggrandize the human. We're doing it to so the human opens up to all that they are. To all that they are. And there's so much more. We're not trying to get the human more power or to live forever or any of these other things, but with the human benching, shining its light, saying, I am that I am, it's shining the light to all these other parts of who you actually are. And allowing the human to maintain its integrity as a human, but realizing there's so much more to you. You've identified yourself as a human. And so much of the what you've been doing is to is to make that a better, happier, wealthier, healthier human. It's not about that. Let that go. What's happening right now is there is a on individual basis, but also with Shambra all over the world, a realization that the identity is shifting right now. The identity as yourself, as just this human struggling through life and blah blah blah, uh, is changing. In that, yes, the human will change its identity. It, it will it will greatly change its identity, and open up to all the other parts, to your to your true grandness. And this is nothing. We're not diminishing the human at all. We are freeing the human in doing this. As your identity begins to change, all a natural process. You don't have to work at it. You don't have to go and start destroying parts of your old identity. As this happens, it's unsettling at times because you've so closely identified with the human. Even your spiritual quest was uh, what you thought uh, the human tried to take it over. You identified yourself as a spiritual being or on the spiritual path, which you never really were. So all this changes your identity, and there is a very unsettled, odd, uh, kind of almost like a, like a feeling of getting vertigo, like everything is like wobbling, and and you don't know where your grounding is. I'm going to ask you to let that happen, to dive deep into it, and you're going to say, oh, I'm getting old, I'm losing my mind, I can't remember anything. No, you're changing that identity. Or you're going to say, I just, I, I can't, I can't even drive a car. I'm so unfocused. Uh, okay, call an Uber, uh, at least for the time being, uh, while you go through this whole change in in your in your identification of yourself as a human. You're going to feel parts of yourself, greater parts of yourself. And I'm, I'm going to correct Caldera. They're not greater. They're just other parts of yourself. You're going to feel those, you could say, kind of coming in. Uh, nothing is going to harm you. They're not, <laughs> they're not alien beings trying to do probes on you. They're, they're not walk-ins trying to take over your body at this point. These are natural parts of yourself, your divinity, your, your master being, your energy, your wisdom, all of these things, and I say far too numerous to name at this point, and don't try to name them. You just allow them. 
there's also going to be a little resistance going on because you're going to say, "Well, hang on a second here. Um, who's in charge? Uh, I'm the human. I've been working on developing my identity for a long time. Look, look at the way I dress and act, and the sound of my voice and the look in my eyes. These are all part of my identity. And now these other these other things are coming in and trying to take over. No, they're not trying to take over. They are natural parts of you." that are coming in right now. And it's going to feel at first maybe a little foreign, maybe a little different. You know, it's like when you when you see that white light during a near-death experience, it's like, oh, that's Jesus. No, nah, it was you. Uh, so it's going to feel like somebody or something else a little bit. But then if you dive deep into it and allow what's happening, you're going to realize this is you, but not the human fashion sculpted and chiseled identity that you thought you were your identity is getting blown apart is what i'm saying your identity is getting opened up yes bell responds to that with a vigorous yes it's about time i i can hear dog language bell is saying it's about time you know really what took you so long to get to this point <laughs> so the identity is changing and it's going to feel physically odd at times, uh, and it could change everything from, from the what you, foods you desire to things you thought you liked, which were just part of the identity building, to everything. And it's all appropriate. Uh, now I'm, I'm getting all the questions here. Uh, thank you for asking your many, many questions, uh, dear Shambra, listening in. How long does it last? Does it matter? I mean, does it really matter? And are you going to mark it on the calendar saying, my identity is going to start changing on, uh, let's call it April 1st, <laughs> that's a good date, and ending uh, like June 12th? Let's not put a date on it. It's a natural evolution. And you'll, you'll adapt to it. You'll, you'll feel into it, and pretty soon you're flowing with it. But at first, it's, yeah, it, it feels, um, uh, to a degree, you could say, a little intrusive. Uh, a little unsettling, uh, just uh, like, where's your balance? Uh, you wonder if you're going crazy. Well, you're not. Uh, you wonder if you're just making all this up. You're not. You wonder if you're dying. Because when, when the identity rug is pulled out from underneath you, uh, you think, oh, no, I'm dying. And that's, I'm losing uh, all connection with myself. No, you're not dying. You're becoming free. So you can truly live. So this is coming. Uh, some of you started to experience it recently. I don't want. Don't. Somebody just raised a hand. And said you started this thirty years ago. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you did not. Uh, it's has all started recently. Don't tell me you've already been through this. It started recently. Uh, recent callers ask me. I don't know. It doesn't. Recent. You know what recent is. You don't need a date on it. This is a very new phenomena. Uh, yes, you have changed parts of your personality before, your identity before, but this is different. You're not just changing something, tweaking it, making it better, repairing a little bit. This is a total new identity. That's the I am. It's the I am. Let's take a deep breath with that. It's very significant. It's very appropriate that it's happening right now. And it's all a natural movement. You've seen yourself in this uh, in this um, 
kind of a, this comfortable coffin as a human, your identity, and now it's time to get out of that and open up to all that you are. The human still plays an amazing role in all of this, as you come to see. One of the things that will most likely happen in this transformation of identity or the expansion of identity, uh, better put, you're going to find yourself suddenly looking at yourself, at your human self one day from the Master's eyes or the soul's eyes. And soul doesn't really have eyes, but you know what I mean, their perspective. You're used to looking from your human perspective and trying to imagine, well, the master and the soul and all these other things, uh, but suddenly it reverses, and suddenly you're watching the human through the master's perspective. It's kind of like some of you have done like astral projection or or even near death experience where you're hovering above your body watching yourself. Well, it's going to be like this, but you're not doing projection and you're not dying. You're suddenly seeing yourself from a different perspective, and then it's amazing. It's beautiful. And so much of it brought on now by shining your light, and that light goes to you first. It's illuminating parts of you that were always there, but you were never aware of. So let's take a deep breath on that. We're not just, we're not just changing the human identity, we're going beyond that identity. And in doing so, Let's see what else changes about you. Good. Next, with the sirens in the background, it's time to talk about global affairs. Mm. Very appropriate. Yes. So the uh, you live in interesting times. More siren. Background side effects. You must have heard you channeling. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot going on on the planet right now. You're here for benching, to send out that light to the world without agenda. Tough to do, particularly when you say, oh, all those poor people uh, that are losing their homes, that are losing their lives, that are having to flee their country and everything else. It is that This is kind of – I don't want to say it's a test, but it's a test of, of your compassion. Can you shine that light? Because the moment you get even just a little bit of agenda in there, and the moment you, the agenda could be as simple as saying, "This should be over in a week. Uh, I, I'm going to shine my light for it to be over in a week," or "I hope um, a certain side wins," uh, or, or whatever. Suddenly, you're pulled into all the junk, all the duality, everything else going on. You're no longer shining your light. You're adding to the chaos. Now, I, I want to clarify because I know most of you also have your personal opinions, and that's fine. I'm talking about when you're consciously benching. You're consciously, whether it's a chair, whether you're out literally on a park bench or taking a walk, but when you're conscious that you are shining your light, that's the time for no agenda. And pretty soon the agenda, if you have one as a, as a person, as an identity, even that agenda starts going away because you realize that it's, it's it's so surface. It, it, it's not really a true wisdom and understanding. But if right now you say, as the human, with your opinion that you hope for certain outcomes, that, that's okay. Uh, I'm not encouraging it, but it's okay. But when you bench, when you're sitting there in your uh, your benching mode, in your master 
uh, mode shining your light. No agendas. Now, I've talked about it to a degree uh, in Kihak uh, and also the recent Kasama reunion, but uh, I'll bring it up here. There are four major underlying energy dynamics happening on the planet right now. Everything can be attributed to these four things that you're going to be seeing here on the screen. Number one, sovereignty. There's an underlying, there's an underlying desire by enough humans on the planet for their freedom and sovereignty that that is moving the currents of energy, uh, of of change right now that are pretty dynamic. Years and years ago, I made a statement, uh, asked a question to the the audience. do humans want freedom? I said, for the most part, not. For the most part, they still don't, but there's enough that do that want true sovereignty that it has caused a huge change in the energy currents on the planet. And enough people now desiring and seeking sovereignty or freedom uh, at certain levels. That's a big one. Next one is truth. Humans are desperate for truth right now. They don't believe hardly anything, if anything. They certainly don't believe politicians or religious leaders. They don't believe uh, commercials. <laughs> Actually, there's prob- probably more truth and belief in a uh, television commercial than there is in the Pope, but that's another story. Um, they're, they're, the humans are searching for truth, and truth whether it's meaning of life, truth whether it's uh, their relationship and their family, truth whether it's uh, history. History is not true. Uh, People have assumed for a long time that it was because it's in a book, but they're learning now it's not really true. It was one perspective usually written by the victor. So they're learning that it's not, and in in that they're saying, but what is truth? Where is it? And of course, as you know from yourself, they're looking out there for truth. They're looking for something to believe in, uh, whether it's a person, an organization. Uh, they're looking at even a product. They don't care. They're looking for something where they can find truth, and ultimately, that search will bring them back to themselves. Ultimately, well, you know what that's like. You start out there, and then ultimately, you bring it back here. There's a huge dynamic on the planet right now dealing with energy, and I say energy, and that's every different level. Uh, your fuel energy for your your vehicles and home heating and everything else, but uh, also what is energy? Uh, personal energy, and and as I'm always amused at all the energy drinks that are out there right now. I I, I think we should do an Adamus energy drink, a big kick in the ass. Uh, it keep you going all day long. A lot of energy drinks, because humans are searching for energy, and and it's it's understandable because that's half the reason why you came here to this planet in the first place, to understand the relationship between consciousness and energy. So right now, there's this kind of overwhelming movement uh, to understand energy. And, and it's mostly right now focused on the uh, energy of the planet and gas. Oh, gas prices are going up. Good, because that is going to move humans 
off of the reliance uh, on basically what was uh, fossil fuel energy and force right now something uh, sometimes I wished uh, I could just show you the overview, but well, feel into me and maybe you'll get it. All these dynamics, as well as the uh, combined with artificial intelligence, is creating a very real and potentially um, uh, well potentially coming coming into your lives free energy. If fuel energy was cheap or easily available, it didn't pollute. Nobody would be really looking into these things. But right now, there's this real drive for to look into what I call free energy, uh, non-polluting, basically sustainable energy that doesn't come from fuel, that doesn't come from the wind or the ocean, but from an amazing discovery. Uh, that's probably within three years of becoming a reality, at least in the laboratory. That that soon, and then it's going to take a while to get it to market and to uh, get through all, all the other things that are associated with it. But there's a tremendous movement for energy on the planet. And finally, the last one, power. Power has had its day, uh, but it's still trying to hang on. Power is when somebody falsely believes that the energy is outside of them and they have to get whatever they can, uh, first in, in an energy, but all, ultimately in controlling other people, uh, personality power, uh, power over others. Uh, power is on its last legs, so to speak, because humanity is rejecting it at so many different levels. Uh, they rejected it at a corporate level a while back, and, and it, it had a big impact. They're now rejecting it at government levels and at financial levels and church levels. They think they're, for instance, speaking out against the church, but ultimately it's really about the church's power, not about what the church believes, but how they, how they held power over so many people. Those are the main energy drivers, uh, I mean, uh, things that are moving the currents of energy on the planet, uh, causing transformation. You can take those and look at any situation on the planet and basically distill it down to those four things. It would be one or, one or more of those elements. What you're seeing right now in Eastern Europe with Ukraine and, and Russia isn't just about Ukraine and Russia. Don't fool yourself. It's about the world. It's about every world power right now. There's a huge power vortex that's swirling right now over that part of the world uh, on the Ukraine and Russian border. Uh, but it's not going to be, it, it will not be satisfied with just that area. It will grow and grow and grow. Meaning that it's, it's not just about a little conflict between two countries. Uh, and yes, perhaps uh, President Putin will try to uh, expand his power uh, going beyond Ukraine. These are all things we'll talk about in just a moment, but have yet to be determined. It's a huge power vortex because power is hanging on right now. It's looking to get more power. And power, if it was a, it was a, a person or identity, 
it, it knows that it's harder to get power than it ever used to be. Before, back when, relatively easy to get more power. You get an army, you got power. Start a, a business, you could have power. Start a religion, you could have a lot of power. But right now, power cannot get power like it used to. It has to work really hard at it, and that's pissing power off. And pissed off power is not pretty. Uh, so it's angry, and it's going to try to get more, and it's trying to suck in anything and everything it can. And then you put into it the situation uh, with uh, that I mentioned in Kihak. Uh, President Putin. It doesn't matter. I'm not saying good or bad. I don't really care if you're a Russian or. Brazilian, it doesn't matter, but he has a past lifetime as Saint Vladimir, going back to uh, hundreds or thousands, uh, back a lot of years to about eight, 880 or so. And he's reincarnated in this lifetime, becomes the president of Russia, uh, but as Saint Vladimir always felt that Kiev was the power center for, for all of Europe and potentially the world, that it should be the, the next, the new Rome. And this power dynamic from Putin has come into this lifetime, has uh, played right into this whole thing with power on the planet, uh, getting desperate, and they're, they're playing this game together. Uh, what President Putin wants is Kiev. Uh, it's his, it's his kind of holy place, and from there to expand out. And don't get upset with Putin. It's, uh, it's just he represents power along with many, many other le- world leaders. You could see how all the power dynamics are lining up right now on the planet. And what is interesting about power? Power is not very smart. Power is powerful, but it's not very smart. It's raising itself up. It's glorifying itself. Uh, this power is, but it doesn't re- realize. It doesn't have the um, intelligence, the wisdom to understand that just a little bit of light will will wash it away. Will dissolve it away. It's the uh, uh, what do you call it? the kryptonite uh, of what to Superman uh, this. Light is to power. Uh, it's what uh, Calder is giving me some examples. Uh, so the light would be like the bucket of water thrown on the wicked witch of the West. Power is not smart enough to realize that, and that's exciting. Uh, people are afraid of power. They say, "Oh, it's so powerful." Not really. Actually, its weak spot is light. Its weak spot. So what do we do? We shine our light without agenda. You, you, if you're going to agenda now. You're giving power what it wants. Uh, you want it wants bias. It wants agenda. It wants duality. It wants humans to take sides, light and dark. Power loves that. And power doesn't. It, power doesn't care. It just loves that duality. But it doesn't realize that just a little light and power loses its balance. It starts to wobble and shake, and then it blows apart. That's what we're here doing right now on the planet. At this time of power, 
coming to an end. I mean, you have little power, insignificant power, but humans in general have come to see lately that they're tired of power. Power trips from their parents, power trips from organizations and businesses, but more than anything, they're tired of power trips from government. Power potentially could come to an end, or at least the way you've known it. And that's why what you're doing right now here, shining your light on the planet, has such an impact on power. We're not doing it to try to get rid of power, not at all. We're not trying to force power out. We're saying, hey, power, here's my light. How do you like that? How do you like that? So many things could happen right now in this uh, conflict, which uh, is centered on Ukraine and Russia. Uh, the troops could move in, Russian troops could move in very swiftly and take over Ukraine very fast, and it could collapse uh, almost instantly. But funny thing is that Wishamber benching hasn't really happened, has it? It could be a long, long drawn-out war, a bloody war with countless lives lost, a kind of uh, the, the next iteration of Afghanistan for, for Russia in there for a long time and a lot of bloody battles, and it could last a long time. But right now, the world does not have the patience for that. This thing uh, could happen uh, in, in with the with the um, situation that where they sit down to negotiate and work out a truce. Uh, you sit down at the table and talk. Highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. There's two, power doesn't like negotiating. Power likes overwhelming. Power wants everything to itself. It's not going to give up part of its power. And again, I'm not saying don't look at just the surface, like President Putin, look at the dynamics of power and energy on the planet. Or it could be that, uh, that something happens uh, with enough light shining on the planet that power starts crumbling, power starts falling apart. It could be that, that with the light shining without agenda that actually the world unifies. The world unifies. And these past years, these past years have been so divisive all over the planet, oh, divisive in, in just about every way because everything is coming up right now for resolution. But could you imagine the world unifying right now to say, no more? We won't tolerate it. We'll, we'll, whether it's cutting off uh, the financial systems, whether it's, uh, whether it's just doing things that will absolutely stop this invasion from going any, any further. But can you imagine with some light how the world can unify right now? And I, I've seen it happening. I've seen what you have major corporations all over the world that now that are giving up some profits and revenues and saying, no, we're going to cut off uh, sending products to Russia. Uh, you're going to see countries uh, stopping economic uh, agreements. Uh, you're going to see them ending old relationships as a way of saying this power cannot go on anymore. So, one of the things I see as a result of some light shining around the planet without agenda, but I see that countries and people around the world 
getting together in unity to say no more. No more. And whether it's Russia, whether it's China, whether it's United States of America or any other country saying no more of the power games. It's got to come to an end now. No more wars with arms where people get killed. I think people, humans are sick enough of it, but they weren't sick enough enough of it. They got complacent, but with some light shining upon the real potentials right now on the planet, perhaps, perhaps there'll be a very interesting outcome in all this. And again, we've got to do it without agenda. But I'm just saying there's a variety of different scenarios right now. And you can imagine when the light shines upon them, you can imagine which ones may come to the surface and become reality. So I've talked at length today. I'm wearing out poor Calder's uh, identity voice, and uh, it's time for a little Marab. So mm. let's put on some music and take a deep breath. As we enter into the Marab, Marab is a, a shift of consciousness. This time where we don't have to think and I don't have to do so much talking, and we'll just allow consciousness to shift. Let's take a good deep breath in our Marab today. The Marab is about letting go of the identity. Letting go of the identity and or let's call it welcoming the new identity, which is the I am. You've done enough letting go of stuff. Let's let's welcome now the new identity. And the identity isn't just the a refined superior human, no. The human kinda steps back off to the side and says, I am so much more than just the human. The human power itself, the, the power that the human tried to accumulate to be in its identity, suddenly it dissolves, goes away. And the human realizes it doesn't need its power anymore. It doesn't need to be in that comfortable coffin of identification. The human realizes that there's so much more to itself. Let's take a deep breath and just allow that. It's very typical of somebody being on the, the spiritual path to make it all about their humanness. And they, they're trying to enlighten the human, which just doesn't happen. It's about the human coming to the place where they can allow that there is much more to them than just the human. The human is simply a facet of all that you are. As a human shines their light and illuminates all these 
other facets to who they are. Let's take a deep breath and allow that shift of identity in yourself, that opening to all that you truly are. Again, not trying to, not trying to aggrandize the human, but to open up to all of you, your energy, your soul, your wisdom, your potentials, your multi-dimensional self. I barely even mentioned that before. There is multi-dimensional parts of you that are experiencing in other realms as well. It's time to open up to all those things, no longer just just being that that tight human identity. That human identity is striving for a little bit more intelligence, a little bit more youth, a little bit more money. Now that's let's let that go. We're not trying to pump up the human. We're letting the human open to all the other parts of itself. And as always, it's natural. It's a natural thing. But it occurs a lot more gracefully when you just take a deep breath and allow. Identity is changing as it rightfully should. No longer tightly compressed, held back even by just the human self. The human now joining with with the divine, with the master. The human joining now with its multi-dimensional selves. The human realizing that it is a facet of something far, far more expansive. It's a facet of something that is truly sovereign and free. not necessarily about the human having freedom, but it's about the human recognizing the freedom and the sovereignty that exists in, in the I am, in the whole of itself, or the wholeness of itself. This identity is changing the human it's going to rebel a little bit. It's going to feel odd and awkward at times, but the human then takes its rightful position within the totalness of the I am. The human realizes that it doesn't need power anymore. And it actually really never did. It doesn't need to 
to try to protect its identity because it's something it's part of something far far more expansive the human isn't trying to be divine the human is acknowledging the divinity of of the soul the human isn't trying to be wisdom but the human is simply acknowledging the wisdom that's inherent in all of itself the human isn't trying to be mystical but it's realizing the very mystical parts of of itself its soul its i am the human doesn't have to do these things the human can take a deep breath and truly allow the identity that is so painstakingly so meticulously and sometimes so harshly put together for himself and let that identity go When I was a young man, maybe 12, 13 years old, when I was in Transylvania being educated there with a small group of other children, at that age of about 12, one of the most difficult but beautiful experiences and things I had to learn was to let go of my identity. all that I had built over well 12 years of life but really all over many lifetimes it was difficult because you feel like you're betraying yourself or you're losing yourself the very things that you'd worked on so carefully crafting about yourself you're being asked to let go not to deny but simply to let go and but once Once I'd done that and I realized that the human identity as the human would try to shape it is not truth. It is not truth and it is not sovereignty. The human identity is at best a, an act of consciousness and at worst a, a, a abomination. an abomination of truth and of the wholeness of the being of oneself once i freed myself from my identity then i was free to know myself all parts of myself i was free then to have acts of consciousness without creating a uh what would you say a a very overly defined identity i was able to really shift and change my act my identity anytime i was truly free of of the bondage of an identity let's take a good deep breath as we now enter this next beautiful phase 
transformation, the expansion of the identity, the coming of the awareness that all that you really are. And in doing so, continue to shine your light without agenda on the planet. Continue to shine your light. Whether you do it once a day, whether you just do it once in a while, whatever, whatever pleases you, but shine your light, be conscious and aware of it without agenda for the world needs it right now and they want it. Shine your light and then later on look to see how it's affected the planet, how it affects this conflict of power that's taking place right now. Look how just a little bit of light huh, it has a way of transforming power. With that, my dear friends, special thanks to all of the Shambra uh, on the other side who gathered together for this day. Ah, they say they miss the shouts, they miss this time together, but they still tune in. They tune in on the other realms. And more than anything, they miss you. Let's take a deep breath together as we bring this shout to an end. I am all that I am. I am Adamus. And don't forget, no matter what's happening, no matter what's going on, all is well in all of creation. Thank you. And so it is. So with that, please stay with that good, deep, conscious breath. So much to feel into, so much here. Feeling into that ability and transformation of self, the identity. Feel into all those potentials. Take the good deep breath and stay with the sense of value for benching, for shining your light. Feel it. Uh, just knowing that Adamus has made it so clear that we can make a difference. Simply shining our light. Be with that good deep breath. Take care of you. Take care of you. Thank you for being a part of the Benching Series Session 6. Thank you always. Take care of you as we say goodbye. Thank you. Instead of cursing darkness light a candle for where we're going there's something ahead worth looking for when the light of time is on us we will see our moment come and the living soul inside will carry on it's a chance to give new meaning to every move we make through the caverns and the caves where we come from instead of curse in the darkness 
Light a candle for where we're going There's something ahead worth looking for When the light of time is on us We will see our moment come And the living soul inside will carry on Light a candle in the darkness So others might see ahead Light a candle in the darkness When you go 